get on the Hello and welcome to Padding Ain't Easy, Ahsoka, as we talk about our favourite Star Wars programme. And with me, as always, is the Shin Hattie to my Baylor Skull, because I'm going to up and ditch him as soon as the first chance I get. It's Scott McLeod. Uh, I've been waiting for that moment uh, for a long <laughs> time. I won't be as solemn-faced as Shin was in this episode. And talk about wanting to ditch people. Our special guest is Reese Saunders, everybody. He's back. Hello. I am, I am. I was very ill last week. And, and you know, I, I sidelined. I, I should grace you with my presence once more. I mean, don't lie, Reese. You watched the episode and realised there was no shots of Hera's arse in it. So you said, I'm not talking about this. This is not worth my time. Yeah, and we get a couple in this episode, so he's he's back. <laughs> he didn't watch the past the first five minutes. He was too tired from all that wanking. <laughs> no, see, no, 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 no. This week, though, on our watches, Ray Saunders, um, there wasn't like a close-up shot of you like the has with the last couple of shows. So, you know, I I wasn't as fine-tuned to it this week as I has been previously. So that. I haven't got a timestamp before we start recording. <laughs> he, had to, he had to lower himself to watch him pod instead. <laughs> well, know, I, didn't know, I didn't know that she was the crossbow lady from uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, the Huntress. And she was also yeah. in like, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I don't watch that shit. I didn't watch those. I didn't watch Birds of Prey. Don't even know what that is. So, uh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't watch. Oh, I didn't realize. I didn't realize you didn't realize you such a nerve. Hey, no, you, you didn't watch the Harley Quinn film. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot it changed its title, didn't it? Yeah, it was just. Uh, I just, I just know it as the Harley Quinn film. Was it the Emancipation of Harley Quinn? Something, to be something like that. Something like that but it originally, complicated title. Yeah, it re- originally was going to be Birds of Prey or something, but then they thought, no, Harley Quinn sells more tickets. So. I, think, I think the full title is like Birds of Prey or the something Emancipation of Harley Quinn. But funny thing about that film. Sounds like she needs that, the toilet, doesn't it? Constipation of Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the thing about that film is that's the last film I saw in cinemas before the bloody lockdown. Was oh. that before the lockdown, was it? Yeah, yeah it came out like early 2020. Oh, me. The only fuck thing me. was, I was staying in my brother's old house before the police is in now, and I had to sleep on his couch, which is uncomfortable as fuck. So I didn't get any sleep. So I nearly fell asleep twice while watching. It had nothing to do with the quality of the film. I just went in on zero sleep. <laughs> it wasn't the best film, I didn't think. It was all right. But I, I knew McGregor was good in it. I knew McGregor was very good in it, yeah. And his wife's ass was very nice in it too. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking go. <laughs> nah. No, nah, talk, talk about not falling asleep in cinema. I remember going to watch Batman versus Superman and I fell asleep because it was it, not because I wasn't tired, it was because it was shit. But I, I can't say too much. I've I've worn out a certain scene in um what's it? Um oh, I can't remember the film now. That's just clearly one with vampires. Abraham Lincoln one. 
I don't no. know. No, I don't know. But no, I fell asleep plenty of times in cinemas. Because it's just, it's very nice and comfortable, especially without recline the seats. Ooh. Dust till dawn. That's the one I was thinking of. It's <laughs> good. I've never, never seen it. <gasps> don't, do, no, it's an old film, okay? At least my film oh, came out. Oh, fuck off! It is no, not an old fuck. film. How dare you? <laughs> You fuck off. At least my film came out the last five years. <laughs> it might as well be yesterday to me. <laughs> Carl, I've told you about of human perception. <laughs> it is weird. I've been talking to people and they say, oh, that film that came out ages ago. And it's like, and to them, it's, yeah, 10 years is ages ago to them, but to me, that's that's recent. Oh, that's a recent film. It's a recent film to me. <laughs> I mean, the last so. couple of years have fucked everyone. The last couple of years haven't really fucked everyone's perception of time. No, no. I was I was fresh-faced at 25 when I went to lockdown, and then I came out haggard and grey at 28. <laughs> I was already haggard and grey when we went into lockdown, but I was even more haggard and grey afterwards. <laughs> haggard and grey with a with drinking problem. With an even, yeah, and with an even sore arrest because there was nothing else to fuck. Because <laughs> there was nothing else to fucking do. <laughs> Can't come out looking like fat boy from Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, haggard and uh, haggard and grey. People don't know it was the original title before we chose Bad Name Easy. A really long discussion about that choice. <laughs> so, Scott, what have you been up to besides secretly cutting down sycamore trees? <laughs> okay, that was random as fuck. But <laughs> have you not heard that on the uh, news? <laughs> no. Some some sycamore tree by Hadrian's Wall got chopped down. Apparently, and every, everyone's apparently up in arms about it. Ah. <gasps> Carl, I've already told you, I don't know what you're talking about. Shut up, shut up, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm on the last couple of days of my uh, million step challenge. So, really getting getting there. How close are you? How close are you, Scott? Uh, I'm actually a couple of days behind in terms of logging the overall steps. Excuses. In terms of logging the overall number, the last overall number for those last couple of days was like the 954,000 region. You add those on, I'm close enough to 970,000. Then two final days of solid I want a refund of my donation. This is not good enough. I'm gonna hit it. I've got a couple of days left. I'm gonna hit it. I love the fact that I've I've got a I've got a girlfriend, made a baby. My baby's gonna be born before Scott actually finishes this uh, challenge. I'm gonna finish it. I know. I know. You haven't put your hand in your pocket, Reese. Oh, I don't give to charities. Oh shit! Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Another reason why you're such a bastard. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I want those people that when you're like, at McDonald's, you're thinking it goes, "Oh, you can round it up." I just go, "No." <laughs> I must admit, I work for a charity, and I hate all this rounding it up for charity business. Yeah, fuck off! It's my money. So, yeah, well, I don't really have a, have a very exciting life, Carl. So, other than the walking, I've I finally got into Peep Show years later. Yeah. What? Yeah, I'll, I'd seen the first couple of series of it, but didn't see like something I'd bought. The whole of watching clips recently from it, I thought, fuck it, give it another go. And I'm on series four. 
Nice. Nice. Excellent. I've watched the odd episode, but I never, I never really got into that one. I didn't. I prefer. I like the Mitchell and Webb Lock, but mm-hmm. the sketch show. But to know Peep Show, I, I like, I like the episodes I watch, but it, it never really became what must see TV for me. Uh, I mean, Scott Olivia Coleman is a reoccurring regular character in it, which, as we learned in Secret Invasion, instantly upgrades even the shittest of episodes. She does. Mm, Olivia Coleman's great. <laughs> so, what exciting things have you lads been getting up to? Yeah, Cole, what have you been doing? Uh, working mostly because people have been sick, so I've had to go in on my days off and shit. So, yeah. You get paid extra for that? I do. That's good. There you are. Rinse that charity for all the money, Carl. <laughs> I fucking well. Uh, don't you doesn't... worry. He doesn't give to charities, he only takes from them. <laughs> I'm not I'm not there to, to help the charity, I'm there to earn money. <laughs> Fuck him. Charity begins at home, Carl. <laughs> I am there to help the charity, just in case somebody I work for listens to this. Yeah, the views of Carl is reasons. <laughs> I said that the views of Carl Pierce, Carl Pierce and Carl Podcaster does not reflect the views of Carl Pierce, the employee of the, uh, the charity. <laughs> but several, several, reason, several reasons these podcasts will be used as evidence in various cases. I think <laughs> we all know what Carl's case is going to be. Embezzlement. <laughs> if, if people wanted to, to get us to you know, do us and they use these podcasts as evidence, we'd all be fucked, wouldn't we? Let's be honest. Liam would be on the Oh, six God. Podcast. He was. Liam, Liam would be locked yeah. away. Throw away the key. Liam, yeah. would be brought and in, wheeled into court like fucking Hannibal Lecter. Someone from the Liam. library. Someone from the library listened to Liam's podcast, he'd be fucked. <laughs> Listen, a, a picture of Liam, yeah, would be put in every small pet store, shop, shop around the world. <laughs> Do not sell this you, you, man any small mammals. <laughs> <laughs> Do not sell this man anything full stuff. Don't even sell him a <laughs> Honestly, he's a. He, oh. He's a danger to society. Even now, he claims to change. He hasn't. <laughs> There's a reason why I only talk to him once a month. <laughs> the only thing he's changed is the pants. Not now. To, to be honest, can't leave him there. Even there. <laughs> <laughs> You're stretching there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that just cut the image of him just going... Hmm, one more day. So, so, so you guys, you see, some people are just are too close as friends, and your knowledge of Reese's of Liam's underpants is getting very scary. <laughs> I've had Liam stay at my house, so you know that, that was a scary proposition for us all. I can burn the sheets when he's gone. Oh, changed. <laughs> He, he double, he triple padlocked his chastity belt that night. Because nah, nah, I, I was, I was quite not. I gave Liam the bed. Yes, yeah, so I slept on the floor. But honestly, my, my I, I slept facing Liam. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was right into his eyes. Because <laughs> also, because I've got, uh, I, I, at that point, I had uh, the sword from Game of Thrones, Jamie Lannister's sword, and that was under the quilt with me too. <laughs> 
<laughs> Liam, Liam strikes me as the kind of person that sleeps with their eyes open. <laughs> One of those people. Speaks incantations in his sleep. Why <laughs> lie straight, arms folded like fucking Dracula. <laughs> no, 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 honestly, no. He was. Well, uh, no, I've already said about when I first met him. He was like a bumbling giraffe. <laughs> he was. We're still toad caps and tweed. But there we go. Jerry, for all the people that are still listening, I mean, <laughs> if you are, well done. Jerry, oh, I've recording this shit. What we're here for. Yeah. I- I've been okay, by the way. Th- thanks for asking. Yeah. Are you all right, Reese? Yeah, cool. <laughs> let's move on. I mean, you're, you're, you're expected, Father Reese. People stop caring how you are at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, actually. My mum doesn't phone see how I am anymore. It's just how it's Beth. So yeah, yeah, that that's that, that's a sad turn in my life. We've got eighteen years of misery. I mean, joy to, to look forward to. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you'll be you'll be sleeping with your eyes open hot now, except you won't be sleeping at all. I'm just sitting all this going. Please get to sleep, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't wait. Anyway, Ahsoka. <laughs> You you said that was zero conviction, then uh, your tone was not convincing at all. I can't wait. I can't do it. Okay, cracking up. Let's get on with this. Um, mm. The show opens with her hauled up at the Senate to answer for um, disobeying orders and whatnot. You can tell uh, um, the Chancellor obviously is on her side, but... Um, Obviously, Senator um, Zeno. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's clearly, well, he seems like he's clearly uh, an Empire sympathizer because he doesn't want to hear any of any of it. Even the battle on Mandalore is not a not a a worry in his eyes. No. He's he because I remember obviously this is earlier on when um Hera was trying to convince him to let him go on this mission mm. and she asked him a question, Who did you fight for? And uh, did mm. you actually fight the did you fight in the war? And he says no. And then just basically saying, No, dude, you're just a pussy. Shut your mouth, you have no say in this, be quiet. He just he just sat back and waited to see who won, basically. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much this council, like I said a couple of episodes ago, they're pretty much like those same people. They were talking to Dr. Pershing after his speech in the Mando, mm. like all these people who live in it up now that they think everything's all right again. Yeah, you do get the sense that everyone thinks that everything's gone back to how it was before, that there's no problems, the Empire's truly, fully gone. I mean, clearly it hasn't, and I think they're finding that out. So yeah. obviously it leads into the First Order, eventually we hope, but... Yeah, it just feels like they're very naive, the Republic. Very, very naive. I mean, you do you do get these people not that aren't necessarily sympathizers to the bad things that's just gone, but they do sort of want to bury their he- head in the sand and pretend that everything's all hunky dory when clearly it, it it isn't. So he might just yeah. be one of them in all fairness. It's like people who, when things start over again, who just want to pretend, well, we've went inside for a while, we've all got a job, COVID doesn't exist anymore, like, it does still, people are still getting it, like, not as, re- not as constantly, mm. but some people are still getting it. Yeah. Exactly, it's not gone. But, 
and then there are other people as well. Not not I'm moving away from the COVID analogy, but it's a very good one. But no, just there are some people that actually preferred the Empire in Star Wars. People mm. have mentioned it. like it was, it was order, it was peace because there was peace. Let's be honest, and people do miss it. So you understand on their point of view yeah. when they want back. But I love CC three PO. Let's just die up. That was lovely. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. those those who are at the high end who weren't getting completely oppressed by it, and there's probably people making a lot of money out of the Empire. So, yeah, they they, they would all miss it. But as you say, yeah, we get C-3PO who comes to save the day on the behest of um, Senator um, Leia Organa. And, um, yeah, he says it was the mission was authorised. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. they can't use the real layer because she's no longer with us, unfortunately. So it was a nice, it was a nice way around it because he doesn't have a bit of C three PO. No, I'm happy the fact that they haven't done what they do with Peter Cushion when they brought mm. Peter Cushion back from Rome. In like yeah. a digital, basically like reaugmentation and all that crap. I'm happy they haven't done that with uh, Carrie Fisher and Leia because I don't think it would be tasteful, so to speak. Yeah. Well, they did, they did do it, it in Rogue One, though, didn't they? With a, yeah, with their daughter. I mean, they used a daughter, I suppose. So that, so that sort of takes the edge. And she was still alive at that point. Was I think she's still alive when they made Rogue One, wasn't she? So yeah, it was twenty sixteen. Yeah, twenty sixteen. She died. She died before it came out, or after? No, sorry, after it came out. Yeah, I think I think she actually. If we were to like, see in character, she died, and I think it was the, the second of the sequel trilogy, but filmed something for the last one. Of, whatever uh, and then like before it came out she died but I think like that one scene in Rogue One it's like 10 seconds or so long she has like one line but a more mm. extended scene like what we've seen with like Luke who's DH and I don't think it would look as good and but I don't know about you guys like we, we heard about all these cameos we're gonna get potentially like from Rebel Scatters or people like that I did not think of all the Star Wars people to show up on this show would be bloody CCPO no, no no I was expecting him it was a nice surprise no, I I'd, want. I wanted that uh, mace window. <laughs> if, that, uh, I don't know if you've seen this meme going around. Also, you have that center again trying to, even though they got the backing of like of Leia, he's like he's still trying to disprove like how we can't go off the testimony of a mere droid. And you see Chopper kind of kicking off about it. There's a meme of <laughs> Chopper <laughs> imposed over Michael Jordan in the last dancing, and I took that personally. <laughs> he's, he's obviously racist towards droids, the senator. He should be. He, he needs to be cancelled immediately. Droids have rights too. Exactly, mm-hmm. they, do. they do. Just, just a question. Though. Uh, just obviously, just to talk about Leia. Why did Leia not become chancellor? That that's always baffled me. Maybe she didn't want to do the boring like politics side of things. So she wanted to be more. Involved in things like it says he was part of defence council, so she wanted more of a fighter than a politician. So she's not her mom then. So she's adopted. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was. <laughs> no, no, no. She was. Te- she was oh shit, she was adopted. That that my joke was not landed there. Fuck. <laughs> Aha. Both. <laughs> no, you made a fool of yourself, good. sir. Fuck off, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Mon uh, Mothma, even though I don't really like her character because she poured the tits off me in Andor. But she's like, she's kind of like a mum who knows her kids fucked up, but doesn't want to be too mean to them. Like, I like, don't think I don't know what you were doing. Like, she didn't authorize it, did she? Oh, she did. Eventually, yeah, 
she does kind of believe him though because she does like ask her off the record how how worried should we be and how Mm -hmm. it says um prepare prepare for the worst hope for the best i think that she should have disciplined her by putting her over her knee and no race this is not (laughs) triple x ahsoka Oh, oh God! No, I don't want to see. I don't see her as. Oh God! No. Ah. <laughs> oh. This is getting into weird territory. That's saying fucking something. <laughs> We're talking about a make-believe thing, Scott. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he's make-believe it's all too as well. real for me. <laughs> oh God! Here we go. Right, so now we go back onto the the ship. Um, Ahsoka's doing some training, and she has a hologram recording of Anakin, who's apparently made twenty or so of these things to to help with her training when he wasn't around, and she still uses them now, which is pretty cool. It's nice to see Aiden Christian again as Anakin. They should we should have thought all twenty. And it's nice to hear some characters get a mention, like Asajj Ventress, for instance, who needs mm. who needs to come into live action at some point. I don't think they'll they do it. Seen... I think the only way we see Asajj Ventress is if the reports are true that Filoni's going to try and make a live action Clone Wars film. Apparently so, yeah. And we're going to supposed to get Asajj Ventress in it. Um, it's the young girl that played Ahsoka mm. in obviously episode five, and the big one's getting trying to get Hayden Christensen to do it again. I think would would. Be, the, the, yeah. only worry, the only worry is the uh, the young girl that played Ahsoka getting too old. So, mm-hmm. so you know, they, they can't, you can't mess around when you're making these films of children because before you know it, they've grown a foot and they, yeah, they look too old for the part. Like yeah, the look, exactly. um, Stranger Things people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in fact, I'm sorry, I've got to try and class Millie Bobby Brain as like a 13-year-old at this point. It's not happening. No, I know. It just doesn't work, does it? No. <laughs> She's too big. Stranger Things is, de- is dangerously getting into per- old-school Power Rangers territory. Here are all these high school kids. They're all in their mid-fucking 20s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least one that. of them looks like they're in their 30s. Yeah, no, I think they're all... No, I think they're all early 20s, but yeah. they still look too old to play teenagers, if you mm. get what I mean. I know they were bollocks because of lockdown and stuff, but you know, perhaps they should have forward things a few years just to explain why they all look like. Yeah. yeah. Well, the next one's not coming out until next year, or no. 2025, apparently, so look how old they could be then. Anyway, Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I agree with you said about Ventress because they never. She's one of the only characters from like that period. They never explicitly said that she died or or not. We didn't see any death or anything. She had just disappeared at one point in Clone Wars, so that'd be cool. Uh, I'm glad we didn't. She she does have a lot of history with Ahsoka as well, so it would be cool if she popped up in in the movie version they do or another series or something. I'm glad we we didn't record this uh, on Wednesday and chose to do it Thursday because. My opinion of the opening would have been different because at first I wasn't sure about them opening this episode with the whole Hera thing. But now that I think about it, like, yeah, get that out of the way. It's important that Hera, mm. we know that Hera doesn't officially lose our title. But like, if we had like the action scene that we get later on and then midway through they go, oh, back to the stuff with Hera, you'd like, no, 
So get out of the yeah. way first. Thing back like, to the Peridia. Yeah, like they did with Kenobi when they kept cutting that fight between Vader and Obi Wan. They go, I don't care about fucking these people talking. Show me Obi Wan <laughs> and Vader fighting. That's that. Very, very much. Yeah, <laughs> and I was, I was happy to see this extra scene of Anakin because the dialogue that he says here, some mm. of it was in like a, an advert, even though it didn't really show him, but you he- heard him. Yeah, and the whole like, I, can, I believe you can do this, Ahsoka, as a kind of phase, which is a nice kind of last little bit of Anakin. And I thought, because I thought that bit was from the World Between Worlds episode then when it wasn't in there, I thought, oh, because sometimes you know, you get that where they record dialogue that's only ever used in the trailer and never in the actual film or TV show. And that's what I thought it was initially before we got this scene. Yeah. No, that's fair. But no, it was just, like I said, it was just nice to see. But yeah, Hugh Yang as well, talking about Anakin a little bit with with her. And also, mm-hmm. but then he said, when, when they come out of hyperspace and the Pugil thing, and also Thrawn. I know I wasn't here last week talking about Thrawn, but my God. Oh, He's yeah. so He's so mad. And also, can people fuck off with the fat shames? I'll say Lars because it's too fat to play Thrawn. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, he's been in, he's been trapped on an unknown planet in Exile. He's comforted eating, obviously, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, even Thrawn, even Thrawn's got a... He's comfort eating upon the flesh of his now deceased stormtroopers, and it's very fatty, those stormtroopers. <laughs> There's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of fat on there. I just... Honestly, it was absolutely baffling. People say, oh, he's too fat to play Thrawn. Thrawn's skinny. It's a fucking cartoon. Shut up. <laughs> it's like when they were talking about Cad Bane. He's not the right shade of blue. Oh, does it fucking matter that much? Yeah. <laughs> look, at, look, at, yeah look at Darth Vader Rebels. Yeah, Darth Vader Rebels, he's very thin. Yeah. I guess I said, oh, no, no, no. He's too thin to play Darth Vader. No, 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 no. He can't do it. Darth Vader's thick. Shut the fuck up, man. Well, it was the one that annoyed me about Grand Inquisitor, or his head's too round, or whatever, his head's thinner in the cartoon. Yeah, because in a cartoon, you can make someone's head shape whatever you want. Like, you can't physically make someone's head that exact uh, shape. Yes, yeah, Scott, though, no, I understand that one because in Revenge of the Sith, it actually made them look like they're supposed to, so I get the criticism with that one. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did a little bit on yeah. that one, to be fair. Yeah, but I'm if saying, like, these are kind of arguments... Yeah, but, but Scott, if they didn't do it in 2005 and they couldn't do it in 2022... Mm. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I honestly don't give a fuck. If you have the time to argue about these kind of things and complain about these kind of things, I applaud you for having so much free time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, back on track. Yeah, as yeah, uh, like, Reese says, they, the, the, the whales are coming, the Purglue, the star whales, they, uh, they're coming out of hyperspace because they're slowing down. Um, according to Hu Yang's uh, instruments or whatever. And, um, yeah, they've flown straight into a minefield, which Fraun has obviously laid out for them to to try and stop their approach. Mm-hmm. Animal cruelty. Animal cruelty. It is. It is. Yeah. Says Why is there no Peter in space? Honestly, I think that should be the part of their next campaign. Look at these poor whales. Look what your space debris is causing to these whales. Uh, and there wasn't even a thing at the end of the show to say no perdu were harmed during the making of this episode. So we don't know if they're all right or not. I know. Like in, like in Peter came after the boys for that scene of uh, the deep eating a squid that was fucking CGI. But no, 
this massacre of the poor purgle, they're clearly an endangered species. He's just sitting on their arses. He eating the squid wasn't the worst thing he did. But that, that, no, he that's fun. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but they, they still came after him for it. Yeah, but Scott, what's worse, bestiality or eating an animal? <laughs> well, it's wor- I know, I'm not saying that either is worse. I'm saying that Peter came after them for the eating scene. They clearly have no problem with you fucking animals. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's their fucking issue. <laughs> I, don't know, I think I think they might disagree with that one, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> Liam seems like the kind of person who would have the deep as his favourite boys character, weirdo. What? No, Carl's just a deep. Yeah, I love the deep. He's just genius. Carl's favourite is the deep because <laughs> he's just so what? funny and stupid. No, he's not. He's so... He's not funny. When you said, yeah, he's your favourite, I went, right, okay. I'm not that far in, because all I've seen him do is face fuck Starlight and act like a pussy round uh, Homelander. Then I watched more, and I went, oh, we got fingered in his gills. It's it's when he he tries to save that dolphin, the bastard, then he crashes, and the the dolphin just goes flying through the windscreen. I was was on the floor, honestly, I was dying of laughter. That's not stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Today, as you're hearing this, when it's it's out, the day this gets released is the day the fucking Gen V comes out, which is apparently rated 100% by critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh yeah, I can't wait to watch her. Oh yeah, yeah oh, it's gonna be so good. I forgot that was coming out. I love the fact that I love that Soldier Boys in it as well. Oh yeah, he's only in my episode. But, but, they're not telling us which episode. No, they're not. The scummy kids. I bet you, maybe it's just because there's that thing that P, uh, PSA they recorded as part of it, like with Jensen Ackles in character. I bet there's gonna be a scene there in class and they're watching one of those. Like Soldier Boy, like old school yeah. PSA thing. Like that scene yeah. in like one of the like one of the Spider Man films where like they're watching that Captain America one. <laughs> no, my, I've got my stepdad watching the boys and I've not warned him about the little man in the penis. So I'm gonna let him find that <laughs> out. There's no real way to prepare Honestly, anyone for something like that. No, that was... no, no. I, I remember me and Beth watched it and we just we had to rewind because we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, eating during that. Just... I was eating my lunch during that scene. I just threw it in the bin. I felt sick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but no. So no. Obviously, so obviously they escape from the Pugils. They don't go back to see if they're okay. Um, they That's go to the bit, So they're hmm. clearly not. No, but no, but thrown. No, them. they don't. But burned a bit. They all they because um. Huang says, "Oh, at least the people are giving us cover." And then yeah. the next moment, they all go into hyperspace and bugger off. And so, because like you had to say something. Yeah. <laughs> like I was being optimistic, and it was like, <laughs> no. where, where, uh, my question is, where are they going in hyperspace? Like we were told, this is the end of their journey. Like, so where the fuck are they going? Well, they've made an exception. <laughs> <laughs> no, they no, they decided to help, and they've got they've buggered off back because Ahsoka didn't pay them. <laughs> so this is where the this is where the Pergil learn never to trust people. They're just walking yes. through minefields. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, no, fly, but not, not walk. Okay, I'll scar. Um, you know what I mean. You pernickety cunt. <laughs> no. Oh, I'll, I'll box you. <laughs> what's, hey, what what what's the C word? That that's that is the sort of one that can get us. Uh, so you're taking off air and whatnot. Oh, well. 
But anyway, so look, we, they, they go to the obviously they go to the the mine. Well, they go underneath the minefield into the debris field, and Thrawn is just really clever. He just says, "Right, call off the attackers. We'll draw them out. Hopefully, by just scanning and stuff like that." And he's just, I don't think he's very calculated, very cunning in his in his planning, very meticulous. Sort of yeah. Understand. He's got more patience than the likes of someone like Vader, and he's prepared to he's mm. prepared to sort of wait wait his enemy out. And he also, at this point, uh, this is where um, he learns that she's uh, Malakin Skywalker's um, apprentice, and he's like, oh yeah, so she'll be like a master, sort of dangerous and unpredictable. So did, did these two not meet in Rebels? Then? Uh I don't. I don't think so. I think, think they did offer. actually. Yeah. He knew of her, but I don't think he knew a lot about her. Yeah, like, she was still... didn't know Anakin's apprentice and all that crap. Yeah, because like the Jedi were pretty much all but gone by that yeah, point. Yeah, so, still think... operating like Fulcrum then. Because by the time he came into Rebels, Ahsoka was sort of trapped, was sort of lost in the world between worlds or or whatever it was. It wasn't until sort of towards the end where Ezra Bridge just sort of. Pulled her, you know, pulled her out or back into our universe. So I don't think she really had a lot to do with Thrawn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Because I obviously want to know if they, if they met or anything. Because obviously I've, I've, I've made, I've said this many times. I've not watched Rebels. I'm going to watch Rebels after Ahsoka, so I can watch it all in one. Hmm. But then again, I think he knew. There has been deep, uh, proof that. Thrawn knew that Anakin was Vader, which a lot of people didn't know. But I think a lot of people, even those who did know that Anakin had an apprentice, also assumed that she was dead. So I think that's partly the reason why Thor maybe didn't know that Anakin had an apprentice or that Ahsoka was his apprentice. But I do love, like you said, girl, like every time it cuts back to him, he's like, oh no, even when it looks like he's like, they're fuck, like, no, see, this is why we are. Uh, like, we're going to make her think that she's make, choosing her own path, but really we're leading her right in the direction we want her to. Yeah, it's like he's it's like he's like he's like one step ahead, or you know, he's he's analyzing mm. right. Okay, right. We wanted to do this. We wanted to do this. Talk to his captain, who I think again, when that helmet comes available, and obviously they do the black series. When that helmet comes available, I'm taking it. I'm going to buy one because it's it's amazing. <laughs> Smart, isn't it? Uh, it's incredible. I, I, I said to Carl, obviously, uh, when we were talking about it, I said um, it looks like the golden angel from Doctor Who in the Titanic episode. Um, just like fused onto a stormtrooper mask, and it's incredible. But um, obviously, they find him in the debris field, start shooting down with that massive ring, and they manage to escape. Uh, but then, obviously, we've got a lot of uh, a bit more with Balon and Shin as well mm-hmm. in this episode. Mm-hmm. So obviously, they go yeah. out to find out where they are. Obviously, Ezra and Sabine, who I, I can't, I do not like Sabine. I'm trying really hard. I, I don't like her. I think she's this- just. She does keep making a lot of wrong decisions. It's not and that. It's very frustrating. It's, it, I don't think it's that. You, you're supposed to be sympathetic to a cause, yeah? You're supposed to be thinking, right, okay, so she, uh, Sabine's one of the main characters, but she's right, okay, she's going to go find a friend and all that crap. I don't care. You should care about people in this regard. I don't care what she does. I Honestly, I wouldn't be fussed if she died in this episode or, you know, going forward when she got attacked or that. I, wouldn't, I would not care. That's the thing about the show that any of the characters that they brought back from Rebels, maybe with the exception of Ahsoka, you don't know if any of them are going to die. So, like, it's not as if, like, when you watch a prequel, it's not like, you know, oh, so and so needs to stay alive because they're on this thing later on. So, yeah. or Ezra, Hera, any of them could die at some point. We don't know. 
No, that's it. And I, I, I think I'd be, I'd first, I'd be, I'd be a bit upset. Obviously, you know, like if Ahsoka dies, we don't know. Balon mm. Scott, I'd be upset. Shin, I wouldn't really care. Sabine would not care. Ezra wouldn't care. Um, Thrawn would intrigue me. What's going to happen with him? Because obviously, we don't know. But I just, I just don't like her. I just, really, I just don't like Sabine. Not just me. He was in that category, is it? Ah, I don't mind. I wouldn't say I hate. I wouldn't say she's my favourite character, but I wouldn't say I hate. I wouldn't go as far as say I hate her. I don't but hate. I do. That. I do. Okay. I do. I do. I do see where you're coming from, though. I don't. It's not that I don't like her, but she is becoming more and more frustrating, and that like you just keep making the worst decision possible here. Well, you've and, got to like, have someone who does that to, you know, to drive the story along in the wrong direction. Otherwise, the, the good guys would win easily and everything would wrap up nicely by episode five yeah. or whatever, wouldn't it? Yeah, but you look at their situation here, like, she's spending time with Ezra, she's happy to be back, and she's clearly told him about everything he's missed out on, what's happened with the Empire and everything. But, like... She knows that she thinks that Ahsoka is dead. She doesn't know Ahsoka's coming to save her. She knows that Thrawn's probably up She knows the people she came with want to help get bring Thrawn back. They, they probably have a way to bring him back. So she's just hanging around with Ezra thing. Like, was she happy just to have herself stranded there? Was she ever gonna try and talk about helping Ezra find a way back home? Like, what was your end goal here before you found out Ahsoka was yeah. still alive? Yeah, she's and she's very evasive when he asks her, How did you get here? <laughs> How will we get him back? Uh, let's talk about some else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's it. She, it feels like she was. She was, there's no plan with her. It's just very much like, as you said, oh, we're gonna find Ezra. What are we gonna do? It's like she's banking on the Soka, and it's again that's it's not fair on the Soka in that regard. But then you know, it, well, she's, she's not right banking from, on the Soka because she yeah, because she thinks she's dead. She admits she thought she was dead when she oh. when she came to the raid. Like because of, uh, uh, yeah, because of her. She thought she was dead because of her planning, which is stupid. Um, but no, so, uh, by the way, you know how Balon, obviously, Balon and Shin have that moment where he, like, he lets Shin go, yeah? Mm. He's talking about there's, like, his, his end goal and there's there's something there that's calling to him and all that. What do you think it is? I don't know. I really don't know. I've been trying to think myself what, what it could be, but I've... Honestly, got no idea at all. But it's obviously something that he believes in enough to, you know, let his apprentice go in her, go her own way. Even insists that she calls it in that they've found Ezra, so she can take the credit for it. But yeah. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna take her in. So I don't. I don't know what's gonna happen to her when um, Balin disappears or whatever happens to him. I have a theory. Of what what he's found, so um, obviously you know the Zephos were the first race with four with four abilities or something like that, mm. and it was one that turned and he went to this. I think he went to this planet with the Night Sisters and he ruled Dathomir with them. I ruled the Night Sisters. I think he's there. Ah, but that means he's very old, or it's going to be like you know, like how the Darth Bane vision in mm. you know, Darth Bane. I think it's going to be something like that. I think he's, there's something dark out there and he's drawing him. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe he has a yeah. tune there with some sort yeah. of 
mythical device or something that can give you a power or s- some such. A holocron. Yeah. Possibly. Like, the, other, the other theory I've seen online is that he's sensing that Ben do, the character voiced by Tom Baker from Rebels, as kind of all-powerful, like, force, like, creature that used to talk to, like, Karen Jarrus, like, through season three, and that something, he, some knowledge that he can get from him will help him somehow through the force do something to whatever why he says, would, like, break the cycle or Why whatever. would he be there, though? Because he was, he was somewhere completely different when Kanan Jarvis was talking to him. I don't know. I'm just saying that's the <laughs> other main theory that's out there. Well, These people have some weird theories that just don't make sense, like Marrick being Starkiller. I mean, where do people get these things from? Imagine, but no, there's, there's one theory as well, which I, I think could be true. Abaloth, who obviously Luke Skywalker fights, and it would be, I mean, if she's there and we see a live action of her, fuck, maybe brilliant. Who's Abaloth? Uh, um, um, wow. <laughs> no, she's so she's like this mythical being or this god, effectively, and she fights Luke. Um, obviously, this is after the uh, Return of the Jedi and all oh, that. Like, right. okay. And she's this, yeah, she nearly kills him. And I think Luke tapped into the dark side to kill her. Or something like that. I'm not ready for a while. I'll, I'll send you, I'll basically, I'll, I'll send you a picture of her now. Um, and you'll see how, yeah, what she's like. If it is her, then I think it would be amazing. And also she's classed as, a, there's another one as well, that she could be the, um, she's a bringer of chaos and also related to the family, you know, the Force family. Okay, yeah. So she could relate to those as well. So here is a picture, and I'm just going to send it to the group chat now. Because <laughs> yeah, I've heard people talking about how it's maybe been similar to, like you said, yeah, that, that Force family, like, when Obi Wan and Ahsoka and all that found that they like the the daughter, the son, oh, right. the father, oh, like right. who she's represented scary. like parts of the Force. Yeah, so she's she's a main. So basically, she's like the main antagonist in St- the Star Wars Expanded Universe of Fates of the Jedi. Uh, she's part of the Ones, a family of p- powerful Force wielders, and they are. So she's actually part of that family. Ah, right. Uh, so she's mortal, unlike the family. And she drank from the font of power and all this knowledge. And she, yeah, she nearly kills Luke. Like, honestly, nearly, nearly, yeah, she's amazing. But yeah, so it could be her, which is another theory, which is actually quite good. But it's, it, it's getting me intrigued with Baylor. But at the same time, I know that we can't get attached to him because I don't think we're going to see him if there is a season two. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what what on earth they do if he if he um, stays alive during this episode, uh, what or series even because yeah he's obviously Ray Stevenson sadly passed away and that's something happens and he becomes one with the Force with this thing that um, he's seeking God God fucking knows but a lot of theories yeah. I've seen out there is a lot of people think. Shin will be taken under Ahsoka's wing by the end of the by the end of the series. Well, which I, we, again, I wouldn't mind uh, that, yeah. And I can see that because I don't see where else she's got to go, to be honest. I, 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 don't, I don't think Shin and Balon are villains, so to speak. They're not dark side. No, they're no, no, no. They're dark not. Jedi. That's all they are. So I wouldn't class I see Balon's got I like the fact that when he fights Ahsoka's when Balon and Ahsoka fight. 
um, there's a lot of respect between them. It's not like he's going all out to kill like most Darksiders would mm. do, and uh, it's all like I am powerful, all that crap. There's there is that Jedi esqueness in him. If you get what I'm, you get what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, he doesn't really want to kill her. You get the impression he doesn't really want to kill her. No, they, but also, don't, don't think he, he, she can't beat him either. Like she genuinely can't beat. Him. Well, she, she held her not. own. She held her own more so in this episode than last one, which again shows a development after the whole the thing with Anakin and the the world between worlds. That this time she did use both her lightsabers, and like she was a lot more, she was a lot more formidable for him. But the thing with Shin is, I actually thought Shin was going to get killed off. Like, like he get, she gets sent off this last mission, and you know she seems a lot more lean on the darker side than than Balin does because she keeps like not really understanding why his full goal is. Like she wanted to force choke Sabine way before Balin tells her stop, and he was going to keep his word. So I thought she was going to like keep pushing out Ahsoka or Sabine during the fight, even though they didn't want to kill her. But eventually they'd be forced to kill her off because everybody was comparing her to Darth Maul and. Darth Maul was pretty much in the end setting off to die, and I thought that was going to be what happened to her. Do, no, they, did, no, they, they didn't really want to get her, see her killed off. I thought that's why no. her anger was going to get her killed. Did, did you see the childness side to her, though? Not what, not me, mm. my childish, I mean, like the, the childlike side to her when Bail on Bates says, like, you, you've got to go. And it looked, yeah. she was looking at him like, well, I'm going to be on my own for the first time. I don't know what to do. She's very raw in her ability. She's very powerful, yeah. obviously. She just seems she still needs that guidance, which is obviously why I think, as, as you said, Carl, that Ahsoka could take her under her wing. But then, where does that leave Sabine? Uh, well, maybe she could, uh, you know, if Ezra will take her under his wing or or something because she's not really a proper sort of force wielding sort of Jedi or whatever. So. She, maybe she's been taken as far as she can go with it because she hasn't got a lot of pa- you can tell she hasn't quite got the patience for it either but another point I'd like to make is you can sort of see no matter how good Shin is she was, she's absolutely no match for Ahsoka because even without her lightsabers she couldn't she couldn't best Ahsoka did yeah. you see while I was watching that fight yeah, and I got Vader and, and um, what's her name yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Vader and Reva vibes when he basically doesn't fight with the lightsaber, just fights him with the force. Yeah, because he knows he's that, he knows that, he's that little, much better than her. Oh yeah, but yeah. there was that little that little tie-in that you, obviously you know she's mm. still Anakin. You know, it's, it's Anakin's apprentice. She can do all the stuff that he can do, and I, 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 it, I don't know if it was just me that thought that, but I was thinking, oh, yeah. I like that little tie-in. Well, you also had Ezra doing it as well. I think it's because yeah. obviously. He, his training wasn't really complete when he came here, but also he's had all this time to kind of master his connection to the Force. And I think this is a thing through Star Wars now that a sign of just how powerful someone is with the Force is that they can take on a more experienced opponent without even having to like use their own weapon. They can just use their more their knowledge of the Force against you. And like I think again, like you said, at the time between Ahsoka and Anakin, but also it's a case of like. It shows the different levels of the Force, like especially between Reva, who is an Inquisitor, who was brought up by them, and Vader, who's been a Jedi, now a Thark, now a Sith, and now a Soga, who's been training for so long, can easily best someone like like Shin, who's clearly like still very inexperienced. Yeah, no, I get, it. and that's the thing. I just, I also as I talk about using the Force, that's I, I, I still attribute to that's how Obi Wan beat Vader. It's nothing to do with skill or ability. 
it's Obi-Wan's power and the force that beat him mm-hmm. both times. So beat him on Mustafa and also beat him on um, Jabeen. Was it Jabeen? Yeah, and probably also I'd say experience with Obi-Wan as well. He had, what, 10 years on Anakin? Mm. But then again, he wasn't... But then again, at the same time, he didn't use the Force for 10 years. But he knew, you know, he trained Anakin. He knew what he was like. He, he, he could sort of anticipate what it was, you know, the mistakes he would probably make because of his impatience. And we sort of saw that in, the, in their sort of training session. Yeah. Which, which I hope that we, we hopefully, you know, we see something with... Sabine, Ahsoka, and if if so, Shin in that regard. But I like the fact that Thrawn was like, though, we let them go uh, so we can basically get all his cargo on this ship. Where the hell has his cargo come from? Well, it's not to do with the Night Sisters, but God knows what it. We don't even know what it is, do we? So it's quite in- interesting to know what this cargo is, and is it going to give them some sort of edge in in uh, you know their battles and his plans to sort of gain regain control over the galaxy. I know what it is. I, I, it's, I, I, but it's Wookiee porn. <laughs> I, I, I thought of it last week, but the theory is, and I believe this, that it's like more like fallen stormtroopers that are going to be reanimated by the Night Sisters. Okay, similar to what they did with Marek, who they clearly just resurrected some like dead Inquisitor and basically Thrawn's like using their magic to help increase the size of his army when he comes back. Because yeah, they they're not be. called stormtroopers. If you if you look at obviously if you see it when they they call them night troopers, which obviously yeah. does lead me to believe they are they are resurrected dead people. But then, how many did he take with him, and how many died? <laughs> because he does in the like previous episode, though he just talked about their numbers dwindling, and he doesn't want to send too many. So if they could be just reanimated, surely he wouldn't be asked about numbers dwindling so i'm not i'm not too sure that many are reanimated to be perfectly honest actually as well also why didn't they turn to dust like marek did you know so like i'm just saying that's just a vampire (laughs) (laughs) where's buffy when you fucking need her that's coming back oh no yeah sorry scott (laughs) that'll only make it crap Uh, to be fair, it could be anything that they, they bring back because I think it's a case of Doran's been to other galaxies. He's probably learned of some, uh, got, got knowledge from the Night Sisters that nobody else is aware of. So he might use that against the Republic or brought some sort of weapon that only he knows about. Could be fucking anything. It could be porn. We all don't know. It's all the no. things they need to clone Palpatine, isn't it? That's, oh, what, it, you, that's what it I is. To, I was about to say, that is the plot hole of. Somehow Palpatine returned, mm-hmm. and it's just th- what Thrawn's got is a little tiny piece of Palpatine that he's putting back together. That's set. There we are. We've solved it now. Aren't we so clever? <laughs> but no, what I like as well though is Thrawn knowing that Balon wasn't there as well. Yeah, and he and he looked like he was about to take he he take that out on Morgan. Which sounds really weird because that's my daughter's name. But he's going to take it out on <laughs> Morgan. Uh, Els, or Els, whatever her fucking name is. Els, Els, yeah, there we are. He's, again, very 
clinical in his plan in the fact that he knows right okay there were necessary sacrifices we got the cargo put on there by doing this however Balon's gone where's he going he's got to account for everything that's happened yeah but he said when in the other episode that you know he doesn't really care if the um so well Sabine and that die or get you know get they kill them or they get left behind on the planet and die when they go his priority is um getting off this as he says god forsaken planet so um his priority is just getting getting off this planet getting back to the galaxy you know he knows and he's from and he doesn't really care he doesn't really care what happens to um them lot and yeah he's not squeamish about acceptable losses is he no that's that's, that's, well this is what i like as well although he's he's they're all focused on thrawn yeah they're also really stop thrawn me to all their planning is all on thrawn yeah he doesn't care about them Mm. Like they are they're an ins- insignificant speck on his master plan is these four he's like all right well they, they could do what they want but you know i'm, I'm going to escape you're not going to get me and i'm going to beat you and i do what? i really hope he does i hope he i hope obviously he released for a second season that he actually mm. gets off he leaves them there or one of the guys so if I get in a second season or it's going to the uh, movie, I can't, I can't, I'm not entirely sure. If, uh, I think on the second it, se- at least another season of this, I, I'd hope, and then one more season of Mando, and then they've got some other show called Skeleton Crew that's starring, which is meant to tie into this as well. And then that all leads into this this movie. Because you said, like, don't hold your like the movie is still a couple of years away, so it, it's not going to be immediate. But while well, I, like, I like this episode, like I like the like the chasing scene of like Sabine and that, and how that tied into what Ahsoka was doing when she was trying to escape fires, and how all there was a lot of action in the last bit of this episode. But I have noticed, like from like the third or so episode onwards, there's like something really big happening. Something that's yeah, so that's good, but still being used to build stuff. That will lead to an even better. So the following week, and what's this was building into the finale. I think it's a case of like when people don't know what I think about because I know Reese weren't. He said it was a bit boring before we started recording. I think this is a thing we're all realizing that the ending of this is not the proper like end to it. This is just beginning something else, and we know we won't get the proper resolution until like somewhere else down the line. Yeah, it's probably going to be an open-ended ending on um, the last episode, but yeah. I hope they make. I hope they make it good. I hope. I hope this isn't. You know, uh, a big letdown like a lot of seasons, season finales can be. I'm worried. I think this is what I'm worried about. The fact that if he if he turns because if you look at it, yeah, Matt. Let, let, let's talk about you know the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian should have ended season two. Yeah, mm. it was a perfect ending. It was amazing. Season three, the Mandalorian was a bit naff. Yeah, mm. um, it was. It was. It was a bit shit. Well, and, it was. Uh, but, but I didn't hate it as much as other people. Oh, no, I did. I didn't hate it. But then when you compare it to season two, yeah. It was, Season two was perfect. The thing it, is, it, season three was not meant to have Grogu in it, but Disney saw how much they could milk out of Grogu, and they insisted that he got brought back. And apparently, John Favreau nearly quit over over that. So that's probably one of the things that fucked things, and the fact that the the bloke who plays um, Mandalorian isn't really available. So he's not he's not on satellite. He's just doing the just doing the voice work mainly. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Pedro Pascal's got a lot of the. We look at it. 
he's done he, he's going to David Oates at Hollywood goes to his face whether it's cast one man and everything and he's going yeah, yeah. Hollywood. and but then I mean look Last of Us is a masterpiece Mandalorian season one and two is incredible but all I'm worried about is this one is if they rush the end they say if they kill Thrawn I mean, they're going oh. no they're not they're definitely not going to kill Thrawn no, they've, they've, already, they've already said they've got big plans for him going forward. Yeah, I, I know that they've gone back on like other creators, but I don't think they have as much faith. They didn't have as much faith in those people as they do in Filoni, because clearly Filoni's got a lot of stroke, especially given like he's close to George. Look, as he's adapted stuff, ideas that Lucas has done and made them like some some of them so much better. So I think out of everyone involved in it, he's somebody who. They wouldn't try and change too much. So I think he has enough sway to make sure, like, no, let us play this out. I've got a question though. Do you think Feloni? Do you think Lucas is involved at all, or do you think secretly he's involved? No. Uh, no. Name might give a bit of input here and there, yeah. but I don't think he's proper, proper no, no, involved. No, that's right. Is he in the background with Feloni? Talk to Feloni about ideas and stuff. Because it's not his anymore. I mean, he's. Yeah. I think he still gets us. I think he still gets a say in certain things. But you know, it's it's Disney's. It's Disney's property now. Yeah, that's what I say. Because like he, some of the some of the dialogue and all that crap, you're thinking, right? It's Lucas wrote this. Has George Lucas <laughs> wrote this one? Has George Lucas like, written this line? <laughs> like, it's like WWE now. Filoni's bloody Triple H and. George Lucas is Vince McMahon. He's just from a, from a far thing. Like if, if George Lucas books a giant, a six, seven foot tall, if Lucas fucking books for the almost the appearing episode of Star Wars, you know, like, yeah, he's definitely like Vince McMahon. <laughs> Even oh, him almost just almost dressed as a stormtrooper, just shows up like there's all these night troopers and just that one that's towering over the rest of them. Let's be honest. If Omos is revealed to be a night trooper, he's going to be fucking incredible. Let's, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, I said I really hope that he, the ending of this one he does leave it on a cliffhanger to go into season yeah. two. I really hope, or it's just like, or it, it's it just I just hope it isn't bad. I hope it isn't like classic Disney Star Wars and it isn't shit. I feel it's a, a trend in a lot of these finales, like maybe not Kenobi, but the like Mando and Bickable Fett finale, and how I feel of going into this one. I think they've started doing it with the Marvel shows as well is that it feels like there's still so much to be answered going into the final episode, and he's leaving me that feeling like, he's really got a lot to accomplish in this last episode. Always leaves me worrying about the runtime, because if I get to a finale and the runtime is not as long as I think it is, I'm thinking, like, it leaves me worried, like, oh, shit, a lot of stuff's going to get rushed in this, and like you said, I hope that doesn't happen. Give it an hour. Give, us, give them as long as they want for this finale, because a lot needs to happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Well, I don't think a lot of everything is going to get answered, as we say. A lot of it's going to go over into the second series or into the film. So, it's uh, there's going to be quite. I think it is going to be quite open ending. But there is there are good ways and bad ways to do that. All the same. Yeah. Can I just talk about one of my favourite moments of this episode? Okay, but make get a little more positive. Is that the bit where they're reunited? Like, there's a scene where Hugh Young has to let. Ahsoka out of the ship and he goes, not like last time. And didn't I feel sorry? No. And then she reunites with Sabine and he's like, oh, you're all back together. That's good. I hope I'm alive to see the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> I love Tennant. I just love Tennant as Hugh Yang. It, it was a brilliant piece of casting in, in, to, to begin with in Rebels and also he's carried it on over to uh, live action. 
Because um, Filoni was talking about he wanted a voice for Hugh Yang, and he just his mind was sitting me like David Tennant, and he he did and he, he found that Tennant loved Star Wars, and Tennant just said, "Oh, I'll do it." <laughs> I, mean, I, I did say Carl last week. It's amazing they've got a Star Wars show that involves traveling through time and space and like like traveling to other universes. And a big part of that is a character voiced by somebody who played fucking Doctor Who. And you bet, I said to Carl, you may think Buddy Dio Tennant got the script for us read about them. Like I'm sure I'd done something like this before. Yeah, and he got and he got that. Was it Benabau? What, what was his name again? Benadu. Bendu. Ben Dude's voiced by another Doctor Who actor, Tom Baker. So, you know, the Doctor Who Star Wars crossover is on the horizon. I'm sure of it. I reckon that's how they get off Ahsoka and all that, because they're going to get stranded there and the TARDIS will appear. And that's the show ended. (laughs) All we need is Hugh Yang to pull out a brown coat, Converse, and a sonic screwdriver. <laughs> and, uh, it's not, I, I, I would wet my pants if that happened. <laughs> I just said the phrase, a few yang pulls out, and I'm like, oh, God, where's he going with this? <laughs> this for sake. I started to panic. I'm at a few yang's got a massive pair of balls. <laughs> yeah, and where exactly did you pull that screwdriver from? <laughs> <laughs> where do you want to put that sonic probe, Hugh Yang? <laughs> Ah, he's got a big pair of ball bearings he has down there. Just thick and metally. But yeah, that's that's basically the episode in a nutshell. And what what sort of scores would you give it, uh, Scott? Ah, Jesus, there was was nothing even resembling structure in that review there, was there? No. Who cares about structure? Somebody, not us. Uh, (laughs) I'd, I'd maybe say... I'd give this episode a seven, maybe a seven out of ten. Yeah, I, I think I'd give it a seven. I think I think it was quite a good episode actually. I really enjoyed yeah, I didn't it. Mind it. Yeah, especially like the last ten or so minutes of it, especially mm. like when everything was kicking off. They were being surrounded by Shannon and those like bandits that they'd ran into. Everything was kicking off, but yeah, it was it was okay in terms of it was, like I said, a lot another building one, and I'm trepidatious going into this finale, like we said. Um, yeah, I, I agree with the seven. It was a six to begin with. Obviously, talking about it, you yeah, just rem- remember little things that yes, pushed to a seven. And also, what makes it seven is the questions that are going into what could be happening. So it's like the intrigue is there. Um, but yeah, I give it, a, I give it a seven. For me, the most intriguing thing is Baden's skull and what, what, what he's seeking. I'm really, you know, I hope that's not a letdown. Yeah, which says a lot. The fact that the show is called Ahsoka, and we actually all we care we care more about Balor the Skull than the main character of the show, which is it shows how well that Balor's been wrote. That that happens yeah. with so many shows, though. Really, yeah. if you think about it, a lot of the time the main mm-hmm. characters become the least interesting aspect of the program. It's very yeah, it's very it was, bizarre. Nobody was Vader. I think it was Ahsoka. Mando's Grogu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Obi, Obi, Kenobi's about Vader, Mando's Grogu, Bucket Boba Fett's Mando, <laughs> um, <laughs> Andor was boring. And right, this one, as fuck. Honestly, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather let Scott read me an audiobook than watch Andor. <laughs> but there's this big thing on X, and, and you know, not calling it Twitter, a, it's still Twitter, and, and people. It. 
and people keep um, you know hyping up the sand. Oh, this is this is what Star Wars should be, and the Soka's nearly as good as Andor. And I'm thinking, what what are these people who like Andor? I don't understand it. Virgins, Carl. They're virgins. <laughs> the thing with the Soka is, I think. It's good that she's the main character, but I think it's also the fact that she's helping open up this other storylines in it, like introducing opening up stories that introduces to other characters, other characters being brought back and new ones being brought in. That there's so many things going on, sometimes you do forget about her, unfortunately. But especially given the fact that it feels like a big key part of her story was done in like the fifth episode. And like, oh good, she's gotten through that that part, that bit of regret that she had about Anakin and everything. She's fought through it, now she's still alive. What do you do now? You've got three more episodes left. <laughs> yeah. I, I, look, I told you guys I only cared about one episode of this show. I've watched the one episode that I cared about, and I'm just seeing this through. How <laughs> 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 oh, gracious of you. Like. No, I hope the ending's good. I really do. So, we got any, any plugs, Race? No. I, I don't do anything anymore. I just... I just told. I just did this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have. We, we, I mean, to be honest, we haven't speak about doing this rang bang for forty-seven thousand years. It seems, uh, but there will be one about the boys coming soon. Yeah, we'll we'll probably do that after after we've finished wrapped the soaker up when we've all got a bit more time on our hands. Well, I got time. I've yeah. made two months. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's annoying. The only thing with us, like, is most podcasts can you know bulk record shows back to back, no problem, but we just argue and talk too much shit that our one podcast goes most podcasts like doing two shows back to back. So <laughs> if we try to bulk record episodes just doing two fucking we, night. Yeah, we we yeah, take twelve so, hours to record two episodes. Yeah, because we'll see to go like have a poo and shit like that and you know not naming names. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, do you want to do your plugs? You've probably got 50,000. Uh, not really doing much, just, you know, Scott and Paul's around the podcast, We've got stuff going on over there. Check us out on the Broken Pains feed on our own feeds, wherever you get your podcast. That is Rambling on Twitter, not X. Uh, I do stuff over Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat at Suplex Retreat on Twitter. And the fundraising, even though there's only a couple of days left of the challenge, the fundraising is still open through October. So if you haven't had a chance to actually donate to this uh, challenge I'm doing for Diabetes UK, uh, feel free if you know anybody who's affected or if you think anybody else would want to donate because they know or are affected by diabetes, then uh, let them know about it. Hopefully you donate. It's for a good cause. The uh, last two days are going to be very hectic walking-wise. I'm gonna, I've, got just, I've just calculated there are just over 20,000 steps left across those two days to do. And then the very first, on the 1st of October, I am doing fuck all. Don't blame you. Nah, fair, fair. I mean, I, 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 and I thought it was going to be like my, oh, I've got, I've got like sore feet, I've got blisters, now that's going to be what takes it out of me. Like, no, I'm just overall exhausted, just physically. Like, I feel tired all the bloody time. The fact that I'm working full time as well and trying to fit the walking in around it, mm-hmm. and then the cruel bastard, and the cruel bastards took said, oh Scott, now you're working from home some of the time, and then the office some of the time. Never want you the office all the time. I, you know, I'm hearing Carl. I'm just hearing a man moaning here. Mm. I, yeah. I have the right to moan. I'm doing good things for charity. I have the right to moan. <laughs> I was a woman for charity, so shush. That was a great day. That was. 
I could walk in six right. inch. I could walk in six inch heels. <laughs> like you felt you felt have. you felt free, didn't you? Reece? I did. I did. I was I was fifteen, wearing a wig and a dress and leggings and high heels, and I raised. We I think we raised seven hundred and fifty quid. So yeah, I had a great day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a way to end! Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>